Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode three of the We'll Name This Podcast Later podcast. Man, we appreciate everybody that's been rocking out with us over the past couple of weeks, man. It's uh, been a lot of love, a lot of appreciation uh, from you guys. Make sure you guys follow us at Instagram. Uh, not at Instagram, but on Instagram. I'll give the handle out later because I have no clue what the fucking Instagram <laughs> name is, but we got a great episode planned for you guys. Great episode. We heard the fucking feedback, y'all. We heard the feedback that you guys want some more lighthearted, uh, lighthearted topics, man. So we got a couple things that we're going to discuss with you guys that is just more on the fun side, more on the uh, social side, but not the social justice side. But we also going to talk about some real shit too because it wouldn't be us if we didn't. So first topic we're going to run about is um, what's the worst reason for a breakup or the worst reason you have for ghosting somebody? The second one, this one's going to be a great one because I'm the only one that can contribute this from a merit, merit standpoint. So we're going to talk about dating in your 30s and dating women with children. So what does dating look like in your 30s? What does marriage look like in your 30s? All from our various perspectives. Spoiler alert. Bullshit. Huh. We, huh. But we're going to wait. So glad I'm not in that fucking water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only one. Uh, next one is going to be thoughts on Kevin Samuels, the situation with him and Dr. Umar, just just him in general, right? Yeah. You want to talk about him in general? Um, his toxic the audience, mm. his toxicity, who he really appeals to, who's, who's his audience and shit. And the last thing we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the whites and their contributions to, to society. What do we think about what they've contributed to society? Does it really go hand in hand with black contributions? Have they done something single-handedly themselves? So we got a lot of great topics, guys, and we're about to jump into topic number one. So, guys, the first topic we're going to jump on is something that somebody uh, responded to um, on Instagram. I put a post out earlier this week, and I said, what's the craziest reason that you had for leaving a job? They they gave me the reason. The reason wasn't funny or some shit. I think they worked in fast food. They said they took a nugget out of the grease and ate it, and they got fired on the spot. It's like a high school thing. But they said, you should ask, uh, what's the worst reason for a breakup or worst reason for ghosting somebody? So I was like, huh. I can either post that now or we can just fucking talk about it. Mm. So we get around tables. Everybody's got mics this week, guys. So you can hear some debates and some cursing conversations and shit. So yeah. yes. who wants mm. to kick it off? Worst reason for breaking up with somebody. And I'm talking about this is the dumbest shit now that you think back on it. She had a very masculine laugh. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> she had a very masculine laugh. Um, I don't know what it was, but I, I was scared to tell a joke. I was scared to... Make her laugh in any any way, shape, or form. Uh, she was really attractive, had a good personality, but whenever she it was like a chuckle, like a manly chuckle, it's just just, just too much. Like insert fifty cents laugh, like right here. Oh wow! So it was it was just like it was too strong. So I couldn't see it going going much further from that. Aside from the fact that she was a bit taller than me. Hmm. I don't even see women that are taller than me. Like they just have blurred faces. I can I can climb trees. I don't mind it. Like I, you know, it's okay. I can I can get to the top. But like some of that shit is just not. It's a non-starter for me. I've always had that irrational feel though. Like yo, what if like you know the world's gonna end and the aliens are like yo, you gotta play basketball against your woman and if you beat her, we ain't gonna take this bitch over. Like if I'm dating an Amazon woman and she dunk on me, my pride is gone and the planet is gone too. So fuck that. <laughs> Yeah. Not dating no tall chick. Yeah. Dex, what you got, man? Um, I don't. <laughs> I've never broken up with anybody for a non-serious reason. 
Uh, yeah, bless you. Thank Ruining you. my fucking take. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> allergies. Uh, I've never broken up with anybody for a weird reason. I have ghosted people because I like started dating someone exclusively um, mm-hmm. when I was dating two or three people at a time. But I'm never really, it, it, a lot of things don't really matter to me. Um, one of my exes told me that a lot of times we were in arguments and I didn't know it because we were, I was so, I'm so laid back. Like I just don't get yeah. upset about things. Um, and so that made me, no, I've never, I've never broken up with somebody. I mean, besides middle school, you know, which. So how do things end happen. in your life? Like how do you how close do you the door? Relationships? Yeah. Oh, well, it's a very like. Real Nigga have an exit interview. <laughs> <laughs> like looking, like looking at your, your your quarter today. Like I think you've been. Uh... <laughs> no, it's just like um, I'm, I'm one of those people. As long as we have a connection, I'm cool, right? But the minute that I become bored with you, mm-hmm. that's a wrap, right? Um, because I'm a very uh, I hate tooting my own horn, but beat beat motherfucker. I'm a very um, cerebral and intelligent person, and if you can't keep up with me. On that level, I get very bored very quickly. Agreed. And then, um, and then it's over. And you know, we gotta we gotta let it go. Can you can you guys date someone that you feel is inferior than you, or uh, not as as intelligent as you are? Is that a is that a stalemate? And I'm not the smartest fucking guy in the world, but no, I no 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 no. no. I've broken up with someone subliminally for, for that shit. Back yeah. when Twitter was like popping, popping around 2010, 2011, like the chick was still, yeah, I can say the story, fuck it. The <laughs> chick was still at my crib, right? She was still at my crib and I was trying to talk to her about, like we, we were in a mutual class. We were in a mutual class. That's how we fucking met. It was through yeah. class. And like she had no clue about any of the subjects, no clue of any of the content the professor mm. was going over, and mm. none of this shit. She was just completely lost on mm. everything. And my nigga, it was remedial English. Yeah, it was remedial English. I'm like, shouty, um, this shit ain't gonna work. She's but like, she was know? gorgeous, wasn't she? Yeah, she was alright. Yeah, she was alright. I mean, I'm yeah. I, back yeah. then, bro. Pretty I, dumb I bitches. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even say she was all that pretty though. She was just fucking disgusting. So that kind of helped. <laughs> that just kind of helped with some of the shit. But I had to break up with her subliminally because I'm like, yo, I, I just can't see myself dating somebody who's just not as smart as me. Like, dumb bitches is ruining the world. This is back when I was young and toxic. <laughs> and she called me, I seen your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you got the message. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Retweet it, retweet it. That, that wasn't the worst reason, though. Yeah. That wasn't the worst reason, y'all. Now, I got to preface this. This was a friend. A friend told me this story. It's the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life about um, dating and shit. I'm going to leave my friend's name out of it for anonymity purposes. What married niggas say. I'm going to leave my friend out. I'm going to leave my friend out. I'm going to leave my friend out for this. But it was it was a funny situation, right? So he was talking to this chick. She was a friend of a friend. He didn't really meet her. She introduced, he was introduced to her by um, a mutual friend that they had. She seemed cool or whatever. You know, she seemed real cool. I had met her and she seemed like she was a pretty dope person. The way that we met was just like at a house get together. Like we used to have a lot of, yes, we used to have a lot of kickbacks around the time my friend became single because we had, we had all became single around the same time and shit. So we was all at the house. We was cool in it. You know, she seemed real cool. And he's at after the kickback event, he was like, damn, 
why is a person like this single? Because for some reason, we love as dudes asking that one dumbass question. Yo, why are you single? Like, we love that <laughs> shit. Like, we love that shit. So, he asked her because she had two kids and shit. And I know we get into a topic that uh, you wanted to discuss. I'm going to put pump the brakes on it. But it's right. like, you know, why you why you and your, your ex stop talking? Y'all both got these kids together, right? She was like, well, you going to laugh when I tell you this. He said, I knew it was going to be some bullshit when she said that. You're going to laugh when I tell you this. She's like, so my ex going to tell me my pussy stank. That's why he wanted to break up. That shit is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> you don't just, oh wait, what? You don't openly admit that. You let you let us find that out the hard way. That's not coffee table conversation. Like, like, what, the like what the fuck do you do with that information? Like, what do you do with that? Like, do you say, you know what? Let me see. <laughs> Let me try. I said, bro, so you just stopped talking to this. I had no choice. I couldn't speak to her after that because it's like, where do you go from there? Like, what do you do with that information? What do also, what do you do with this? We gotta acknowledge that women, if you listening and you wanna get out of a out of an awkward situation of a nigga hitting on you, just tell him you pussy stank. And then <laughs> niggas it's repelling. Will, niggas it's repelling. Repelling. literally. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but some of these niggas during COVID season. Huh. Are risking it all. Hey, if you, if you tell a nigga this shit and he's still trying to pursue you, call the police because he <laughs> will potentially try to rape you. Please. If please. you say that shit and then even say you have herpes, follow it up with that. He's going to steal out of your child's piggy bank and probably wipe the nut off with <laughs> your child's coat. Okay? It's, it's over with. Yeah, stay away. Stay away. Stay away. Stay away. For real. So, now, Dexter, you brought up an interesting point now. It was fucked up how you said it, but you are the most blunt of us all. And I've known Christian way longer than you, and you're way more blunt than he is about shit. <laughs> well, so you said, yeah. he said, you know, I don't do that. You know, I, I have these these grown up breakups, but there's never been a reason for you to just ghost somebody. That's not like a part of your repertoire. No, I've never I've never ghosted anybody. It's always been we've lost interest, and we just kind of stopped talking. You know what I mean? It's never been like you trying to get in touch with me and I'm not going to answer your phone call. Most of my exes right now, if they called me and needed something, like I'll pick up the phone like if they had a flat tire or whatever and go help them out. It's always been a very adult breakup. Granted, one of them's in like not Wisconsin. One of them's in Wisconsin right now. And the other one lives in Atlanta. Uh, the, okay. two, the two that were main, the, the two main loves that I had. Very convenient. Yeah. Oh, isn't it though? Like, even the breakup was convenient. Yeah. But like um, it's, it's never been... A ghosting situation is very much like, all right, is this working out for you? No, I really ain't working out for me either. I've also, I, I was just telling my mom the other day how lucky I am that I have never had relationship drama, like never. Nobody ever pulled up to my house and did shit. Nobody yeah. ever broke the windows out my. Yeah, nobody's ever like we we've never had a fight at Waffle House or anything like that. So I'm I'm very lucky. I also don't do drag down like knockout fights. It's not who I am. Again, like I'm so laid back. A lot of times, I don't view it as arguing. It's like a debate. And so, I, and I think one of the issues that I'm working through in therapy is that I spent a year or two working in, um, working with first graders, right? I was a first mm -hmm. grade teacher. And you've got some little ones. Um, mm -hmm. Everything at that age is an emotional catastrophe, right? right? Everything at that age is emotional. And so when you deal with that for as long as you do working with kids, because I started working with four and five-year-olds, at summer camp, and the, and I worked with kids from four to seventeen for ten or twelve years straight, and so not much changes between the ages of four and seventeen. Kids would like to think they do, but it really doesn't. And so, 
when you grow up in or when you work in an environment where everything is like an emotional catastrophe and everything is blown out of proportions and everything is requires tears, you get to be an adult. And I was just like, you know, in relationships being like, why are you crying? That that solves nothing. That that means nothing to me. I need you to like, I need you to use your words. Like it got to that point. Wait, so you actually say this in relationships? Yes, yes. And it was terrible. Like how I realize are you still now, living. Right. I realize right. now how terrible it is, but it was because <laughs> It was because every day I was dealing with okay. like tears, right? Every uh-huh. everything, and and the point of working with first graders is like we got to get you past the tears so that you can grow into a human that understands mm-hmm. how to operate. And so I couldn't understand why, as an adult, you were using tears and not getting past the moment of like operating. But I understand grief, like I understood grief. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood like sadness. Okay, I did. I don't understand tears in like an argument. Or a debate because I don't connect those feelings to that that particular moment. I think that can be a bit of male privilege thing for us though, yeah. because as guys we have that ability to say what we want to say and feel how we want to feel in our relationships. Now in other places like work and shit, you can't speak with passion if you're black because that can also be viewed as aggression. Mm-hmm. But in relationships and in like social constructs of black in black situations. We have that ability as to where a woman, she might say how she wants to feel. She might get labeled as a bitch. She might say how she feels and get, you know, labeled as something that's everything opposite of what we get. So I think that's where that can kind of I mean, should we, should we not uh, try to normalize the fact that, that men, specifically black men, have emotions, we have feelings too? Um, I mean... I probably wouldn't express that with every woman that I come in contact with, but you know, I've, I have come to certain points in relationships to where I'm more, I'm more emotionally sound, I'm more emotionally aware, and can mm-hmm. art- and can articulate my emotions mm-hmm. a lot better than most women, which is quite ironic because they feel more, you know, they tend to feel more right. than, than mm-hmm. men do, but they can't actually articulate whatever they're feeling, which is god awfully fucking annoying like stop having so many emotions that you can't even speak to i don't know what i don't i can't read your mind i don't i don't, I don't know if your uncle touched you when, when he shouldn't have i don't know you got to tell me that shit or i got to piece it together sorry yeah. if he did guys but i'm just saying like we got to be able to speak you know about some shit as adults and and work through some shit and if you can't do it then you know maybe you need to be alone I mean, I I still think of that as a situation in which women are censored a lot more than we are. Like, even from childhood and shit. Like, I heard one phrase at one time, women are to be seen and not heard or some bullshit like that, Mm -hmm. some methodology that folks had. And that's instilled into women at an early age. Like, the the, the loud little girl is ghetto, right? Mm -hmm. The hot chip, the uh, hot Cheeto girl at mm, school, y'all. Yeah. Hot Cheeto girl. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Retaining <laughs> Hot Cheeto girl Typically had a lot of cousins And shit And if you said anything bad About her You were getting jumped anyway this So you might true. as well Said some shit so. This is true But I think from an early age Man women get Women get censored Right mm-hmm. And when they get censored It turns into that Situation of They can't properly Display how they feel Because If you've been censored Your whole life And now all of a sudden You're an adult In this new world In which we want to hear Stories from women We want to hear The voices of women That mm-hmm. shit wasn't always Like that man Shit Toxic Toxicity with niggas In particular You know dudes And shit was at an all time Y'all remember Twitter In 2010 2011 2012 I wasn't on Twitter So I don't know I, 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 I missed that Twitter was a wild Fucking place back then man Twitter was a wild place I mean it's wild now And it's more regulated So I know back then It was like Sheesh. the wild wild west During the fucking Native American genocide That shit had Sheesh. to be nah, Terrible 
Niggas scalps, niggas was getting scalped left and right. It's horrible. <laughs> but I mean, you know, when we talk mm-hmm. about just just men in general, um, and even relationships, you know, we talk about what's the, the craziest reason why you you broke up with someone. What's crazy to me may not be crazy to the next person. This shit is all circumstantial. Yeah. So, um, I mean, some people have non-starters. Some people are more open to certain things. Oh you know? yeah, I think I think I have non-starters. That is definitely. Mm. What's your non-starters? Um, hold on, hold on. Go to Christian first, then we're gonna double right. back to you. What's, what's your, your non-starters? Fuck. Where do I start? I mean, um, fuck. Babe daddy drama, one. Okay. Um, what if he's the sole perpetrator of the drama? Like, it's not, it's kind of like how, you know, niggas ain't beefing with nobody. They just don't like me. What need, if it's just him? You need to contract a nigga to take him out of his misery. And, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then explain to the children, then explain to the children how they're like the immaculate conception. And, and that's that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, shit. Um, God, I don't know. Like, I guess uh, not being able to have a uh, intellectual conversation because, um, you know, when, you know, when the sex is stopped and we, you know, we're not watching a movie or we're not you know, entertaining family, then we have to have a conversation. And I want to mm-hmm. be able to respect you. Mm-hmm. And I have dealt with people who I have lost a, a huge amount of respect for because I just, just fucking stupid. Yeah. So, you know. Um, kids, although that's changing. Damn. Yeah, kids, that's changing uh, because I'm getting older. I mean, in my 20s and even now I'm only 32 um, I didn't feel like, and I still don't feel like, every person that I date should have kids. Like, it's cool if you do. Don't get me wrong. It's right. cool if you do. But I haven't reached the age where I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have a kid by now. Right? I also admit that that's a piece of male privilege right. uh, because I don't have a timeline on when I can have kids. You know, the way yeah, that, the way that women do. out to you like 100. And, right. I, and I will be doing just that. Okay? Oh, wow. It's going to happen. Oh, wow. Um, conservative. I won't say Republican. I'll say, no, I'm going to say Republican. Republican. Um, I can't deal with any right-leaning thinkers in my life. I'm Agreed. Too, I'm Agreed. Too, I'm too radical um, yeah. at all. It won't um, fit. No, I, I, I'm not interested in anyone who's like a kumbaya person. Um, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not my ministry, so you can keep it to yourself. And probably Agreed. religious Um I don't mind it. I don't mind if you go to church. Like, you know, that's fine. That's a good topic. Yeah, that that's fine. Go to church. Don't ask me to go with you. Like, I don't want to go. I don't want. I don't want to live my life by the Bible. Mm-hmm. Shark can speak on this shit because he's gone through about five different uh, faiths <laughs> in a matter of uh, three years. <laughs> well, <Wow. Yeah. laughs> he already six. got he already got the preacher ring on. So why don't you go ahead and uh... <laughs> <laughs> this nigga go preach for three hours <laughs> talking about I'm about to get out of here. Just give me five more minutes. <laughs> I, I, didn't pick one, my I didn't kids need one up. more. I didn't need one more. Preach on, preach on. God damn. I think I think but, being unequally yoked religiously, um, meaning you can be non-religious. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, or you can be non-Christian, which also doesn't bother me. But if you are whatever religion you're in, if you're like a fundamentalist of that religion, and yeah. you everything is like everything is about religion, I can't do it. I I can't. So. What if, what if, like, your, your significant other says, you know, I'll go to church on Sundays. I'll go every single Sunday. But you don't have to. I'm not going to force this on you. I'm not going to pressure it on you. But certain days, I'm going to church. Like, I'm That's going fine. to church Wednesdays. I'm going to church Sundays. Mm-hmm. I'll always extend an invitation, but it's never an expectation that you'll go. I mean, I think one of the things that people get fucked up when they get in a relationship is thinking that you have to agree on everything and that that person is your minute. Like, you can 
you can go to church. I ain't got to go. Like, you're allowed to have your own things the same way mm-hmm. you're allowed to have friendships with guys outside of me because friendships bring different things to the table. Mm-hmm. Might be a nigga that you want to talk fashion with. Don't get me wrong. I love fashion. Right. Can't talk about it. Can't, I, I don't know my shit. You right. know, the same way that I may want to talk basketball and you don't know nothing about basketball, right. so I go to my homegirl who knows about basketball and we talk mm-hmm. about it, right? So you're allowed to have different interests and do different things. What I'm saying is, if that thing is your identity, I'm not interested. If the, mm. if the religion is your identity, um, you can keep that. Because that yeah. all it's going to do is make you angry that I don't give a good goddamn about your religion. Right. Yeah. That's all that's going to happen. Right. I think one for me is I don't have a mender spirit. Right. And we I talked to, about this a lot. I had to learn this shit, man. Like in previous relationships and shit, like I had to learn that. I'm not the guy to mend your broken heart. Like, if you have mm-hmm. these negative associations with men, if you have these negative thoughts towards guy, all niggas ain't shit, I can't date you. Because mm-hmm. I'm not the, the person that's going to be like, oh, I can change you. I've tried that shit. Nah, man, mm-hmm. that shit is way too much work. And I'm I'm a ready-made motherfucker. Exactly. Like, I am. <laughs> you ready for love? I got it. Bet. Let's go. And all that's you're doing, it. all you're doing is preparing them for their next relationship. That's the way that always goes. Yeah. You never end up with the person who taught you the most. You end up with the person after because you apply the learning. Um, right. And so I'm just not a believer in in fixing broken things. That's not my not my job. And we, that's that is some people's spirit though. Mm-hmm. I can't say like we we got a mutual Would friend. you say would you would you say that as long as you've known me, mm-hmm. do you think the people that I take seriously the most, I'm somewhat mending previous uh Previous hmm. traumatic instances within their life. Based on the stories, yeah. Based on the stories, yeah. Me and you had a very similar dating track record. Yeah. We dated people who have went through traumatic family situations. We've dated people who've been through domestic violence situations. Right. And I feel bad for those people. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like They should have never went it. through those situations. But I don't have that mender spirit. Like I'm here for you. I could be a friend, maybe. Not really, because... I can only hold so much interest in so many people. I don't have like this big ass friend group or no shit right. like that. But mm-hmm. it's like, I just can't do it. It's not in me. And I had to learn that shit. And I used to always think like, I'm here to save these bitches. I mean, uh, <laughs> save. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm here to save these women who have went through these uh, bad situations, who went through these traumatic situations, but it's just not in my spirit. I'm a ready-made guy. So... Mm. I had to learn that shit. I mean, I done went through. I done went through some shit in my relationships. I done went through it. I done been mm-hmm. through a extremely long relationship before I got married, and wish that shit was up and down, up and down, up and down. But it wasn't like I was no cheating ass nigga, no dog ass nigga, nothing like that. It's just when you have certain levels of distrust, you know what I'm saying? That shit's gonna seep into other relationships, particularly when those levels of distrust come from the men who are supposed to take care of you and protect you right. from day one. So. Right. Yeah, I think we we had very similar paths, very similar paths. I, think, I got off that shit. I think I gotta add one more. Mm-hmm. I, think I gotta add one more. Okay. Drama. Dramatic person. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm way too laid back and calm to deal with drama. Now there's there's a place for drama because drama can be very fun and intriguing and like just a little different. Mm-hmm. But if everything is a mountain in a relationship, mm-hmm. I can't do it. I, I can't. Mm-hmm. Everything like you, the type of woman I mean is like 
beefing with their moms and then they have beef with their best friends. Like, how you beef with your best friend? Like, I have mm-hmm. never had a fight with my best friend. It's my best friend. Like, why would we be why would we be arguing about some shit? I don't, You're not I don't an effective get it. communicate if you're beefing with them people. Exactly. Because you could tell them anything and it, it should be like, oh, okay, nigga, that's cool. Let's let's fix this shit. Or right. you mm-hmm. did that shit. Like, but yeah. if you beefing with your best friend and you you know, y'all always going back and forth, y'all got a love-hate relationship, and you and your siblings don't get along, and you and your mama don't get along. I mean, is it the is bitch it, at work ain't doing you right? Like, nah. <laughs> I'm good. Is it beef if y'all got like a, a circumstance to where it happened and then y'all y'all went y'all y'all one round and y'all got that shit out and afterwards everything was cool? Is I mean, beef? I'm talking about cyclical, right? Oh, okay. I'm talking about somebody who's always beefing with someone and the only reason that they stop beefing with someone else is because they started beefing with someone else and they got to tell the previous person about the beef that they got with the new person, right? Okay. Like okay. that that's the kind of toxic yeah. Cycle that I'm talking about because you know I walk. But I, li- I like a little toxicity. Don't you oh, like it? Fuck no. Really? No. Eat a fucking jalapeno pepper, bro. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not dealing with. No, I mean, no spicy shit every day. No, mm. I mean I'm, I'm not saying every day. Like, but sometimes you gotta throw like a little spiciness in it. You know, you know when she washing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Look, you know. You know, you ain't you ain't make up the bed this morning, bitch. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Fuck. You know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing, but you know, like start an argument out of nowhere and just fuck her on the countertop. You know what I'm saying? And then and then just take it to oh, dinner afterwards. The, that's the wilds of passions and shit like that's, that. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's, that's all I'm that's, saying. That's different. That's different. That's different. That's different than starting an argument just for the sake of like starting an argument. That's all playful. That's yeah. all playful. No, that's but I meant playful. that shit at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it's, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a trifecta. <laughs> this nigga. Yeah. All right, man. So, I mean, guys, I think I think that. I'm sorry. Are we transitioning? Are we? Are we transitioning? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to transition, so it was fine. I had one more thing to okay. mention. I had one more thing to mention. Like you, you mentioned Waffle House earlier. Mm. Yes, the Black and, Mecca. Yeah, like that's one of the greatest institutions in, in in American history, in Black American history. But I do need to add one thing to that, y'all. If I go to your Waffle House and there is not a single transgender person working there, I ain't eating them. <laughs> them niggas do the waffles different, yo. You can't call them them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> they niggas do the waffle differently, yo. They do it differently. If it ain't a transgender person working in my Waffle House, uh, I ain't fucking shit. with it. I'm not fucking with it. You hear me? You I mean, that's me? facts. I also don't patron... Waffle houses that haven't had at least one shooting in the parking lot. Okay, you know that's yeah. that that has to be like I need them to put that on the door. Like this Waffle House has experienced a shooting. Like I know uh, got one like, of them little take it tickets. Yeah, like, it's been a hundred days since it, the last. We can start one. giving them ratings like a five bullet rating. Like that would be fantastic. Y'all niggas trying to y'all niggas trying to hold a, a Glock or a thirty round clip next which next to you while eating a, a omelet and a waffle. <laughs> now you know damn well Waffle House don't sell no fucking omelets. They do sell omelets. <laughs> they do. Really? They, they yes, just nigga. sell omelets. Yes. Get the fuck out of And they are fucking delicious. I mean, it's they have Waffle omelets House. Omelets at yeah. Waffle House. And you know you can get the egg white. I thought omelet. they literally had three things. You can get the egg white omelet too. Bro. That shit good. Boom. So, I think this is a good time to transition to after we talked about you know the transgender folk and their ability to make waffles. Um, yeah. Which I've never—I don't know if I've had a transgender make my waffles yet, but I'm definitely open to trying it. Um, but that's because I have an unhealthy addiction to Waffle House waffles. Did you know you could buy the mix? Did y'all know that? Yeah, I, it's not the same though. It's not. It's not the same. It is the same. It's the waffle maker. That's not it's, the same. It's the waffle maker. So I need to get one of the waffle makers that look like it was made by the people who made the little hot cones. No, it's the maker of said waffle. 
for me. Oh, okay. Yes. You yeah. might be talking about the actual like machine. No, I'm in the machine. Now I'm talking about the uh nah the, the folks at the Waffle House. They make the food the best. You can taste all the like struggle and angst in the food. Like they want it to be the best <laughs> thing you've ever eaten in your life. And Waffle House is one of the few places that um lets prisoners work. And so they do the prisoner work release program. Yep. I don't know how much they pay in their prisoners, but I know it's not a lot, but in their defense, they're not paying anybody a lot. So nobody works yep. at Waffle House for the for the salary. Yeah. No, I think they, it's the flexibility of the schedule that gets you. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the, the reacclimation. I, I don't know what word I was trying to go reacclimation? for. Reacclimation? There we go. I've been fucking up my words for a while. Yes. <laughs> you teaching niggas make me rethink everything. <laughs> so um, it's, getting, it's getting that, that, um, that community <laughs> back, to, uh, back to normal, back to work. So I can't knock it. Even if they're not paying mm-hmm. the best, at least that is one option. Though yeah. the system's fucked up. Absolutely. But I kind of want to, from the relationship shit, I kind of want to move into Kevin Samuels because I feel like we got to talk about Kevin Samuels at yeah. this point. It's getting to the point where we can no longer, like, Bill Burr talks about, which is one of my favorite comedians, if y'all have never listened Me to Me too. I fuck love, with Bill I, Burr. I fuck with Bill. I love Bill. Um, I like he, him more as a voice actor, though. Efforts oh, for Family is the greatest show. show. No, oh, yeah. my Put God. Your fucking back through that wall. Yeah. But he talks about how certain people shouldn't make it from street performer level. And because of the way the world is set up, mm-hmm. there are certain people that should have never made it past the nigga that's yelling on the subway train in New York City. You know, mm-hmm. like, and he he used Kanye as an example of that, which I'm like, you know, actually, you, you kind of write about that. But I, what? Excuse me. Oh, yeah. Excuse oh, me. Kanye. Yes. Kanye should never have made it past street performer level. We, I'm glad he is. He's my favorite rapper of all time. But I'm specifically talking about some of the shit that he says that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that element be, of his personality yeah, should yeah, be yeah. highlighted. But well, yeah. I think that uh, Kevin Samuels is one of those people that should have never made it past the street performer yelling in the subway type of level. What do y'all think? I I agree. I think I think his platform is problematic because I have never heard him say anything that is was constructive to the point to where a person can absorb that and use that within their life. Mm-hmm. Everything is negative. Um, and I know some handful of women who probably, you know, share some videos with me that I never really watch because it's fucking annoying to even listen to him speak. Um, but a nigga who poses like he poses with that suede jacket Mm-hmm. Quarterly zipped could never talk to me or my girl <laughs> any particular way like the mm-hmm. ever in his life. Like, I'm look, I, look. Everyone has to do their part. I get it. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't. You know, get work. But at the same time, bro, you are breaking black women down at an mm-hmm. astronomical level. You aren't building anyone up at all. So, I'm like, bro, do you have a mother? Do you have a sister? Do you understand struggle? Do you understand the fact that people make decisions not always with the proper information that, that that can be given to them? So, I mean, what what are we doing exactly? Like, fuck that nigga. Like, he needs to be sat down somewhere and spoke to. Mm-hmm. You need a hug, my nigga, from a mm-hmm. black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he, he reminds me like the, the Antoine Fisher story. Mm. Who took that nigga dick? <laughs> 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 like, what's going on? I, my, my thing is with him, 
I just, like, when you guys put it in the group chat, like, hey, we're going to talk about Kevin Samuels, Kevin Samuels. The only thing that I saw was Effion Crockett and Spice Adams doing, like, the little back and forth. That was my that was my Yo, introduction that was hilarious, to him. hilarious, bro. bro. That was my introduction to him. Like, I had never heard of him speak before. Just like the whole Derrick Jackson thing, right? I heard mm-hmm. that, like, on the polar opposite sides of the aisle. Like, Derrick Jackson is just, like, a pandering-ass motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That's old boy is just, like, insulting women, particularly it, black women and shit. It's still pandering because it panders to a specific type of black man right. that wants to see, and that's what's been most disheartening to Plant me. Plant worker man, yeah, that is that is what's been so disheartening to me. <laughs> that's your black men, <laughs> black men thinking that Kevin Samuels is telling black women what they need to hear, but that's misogyny at its best. Exactly, like it's yeah. just like what makes you think that this twice divorced nigga has good advice on relationship. That's like saying that Bill Cosby is the expert on self-medication. Like, that is not... <laughs> that is... It, it Problematic at best. Exactly. It, like, it don't, it don't line up. And I, I just can't believe, and specifically black men, like, why... Mom, I, I wish she would talk to my mom like that. But like, let me ask y'all this, though. So when I watched the videos, you guys had exposure to him, and you saw that it wasn't for you, right? Mm-hmm, right. When I first heard him... I went through several clips. I went through several little different TikToks and things. And I guess I only had the context for each video that I watched because it wasn't like full-blown episodes or whatever the fuck he puts out. But I couldn't tell if this was like satire Mm, or real. Like, Mm -hmm. I never could tell the difference between, is this a joke? Like, is he just like a really... Because if this is a joke, he's a really good stand-up comedian. No, he's a a 50-plus man speaking to 20 to 35-year-old women about how they should date in a modern age. And I think that there's a disconnect. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, he doesn't, yeah. he, you know, in, in his mind, the only thing a man actually needs is uh, security, meaning financially yeah. security. Mm-hmm. And that's it. What a woman needs is to be fit, mm-hmm. uh, be able to bear children, be able to take instruction and um, be ready to get, get fucked uh, whenever the man chooses to. Mm-hmm. And that we're taking, a, <laughs> we're taking about an 80 year, trip back to where we were before like mm-hmm. you know like i had a conversation with some women that I'm, I'm close to about this this situation you're talking about the man and woman dynamic or do you believe in gender specific roles should a man be the sole owner of the entire family should a woman mm-hmm. stay at home and raise the children do laundry and sh- i don't need that shit nah me personally you know my, my mom is an engineer my father's an engineer my mom ain't staying home mm-hmm I was I was raised to do my own chores. I don't need a woman to do shit for me. So the idea that yeah. there's some men who only look at their woman as a baby making facility, mm-hmm. right? And you should tend to my child's needs. That's it. Hmm. Some very problematic men out here who who don't know how to actually communicate and be a, a contributor within the family. It doesn't mean that you're only supposed to um, provide and pay these bills. You got to be able to. Change the diapers. You got to be able to cook food too. Yep. You got to be able to do chores around the household. You got to be able to be mentally and emotionally sound for your woman. These niggas is lost out here. I, I I completely agree. I think that um, and you can see that you you brought up the perfect point. Fifty plus year old man. I think he's actually like right at fifty. Mm-hmm. Talking to you know between twenty and and you know thirty five, forty year old women. Um, but every time somebody over the age of 45 gets on the line with him, a woman specifically, you know, that 45 to 50 year old, mm-hmm. and he won't, he won't engage with them. Right. He, he refuses. Like he'll, 
he demeans them more because they're they're older, they're more experienced, and they dealt with ain't shit niggas like him mm-hmm. before. And so the only way you can maintain your aura of expertise is to it's like the it's like the senior that only hangs out with freshmen. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. You were rejected by your folks, so you go to the people who gonna think you cool just because you older, older and have a, a better title, if you will. Yeah, right. Makes sense. Um and that's all I see. To me, him and Derek Jackson are the same, different sides of the same coin, right? You, uh, Joe Jackson, Biden, Donald Trump. It, well, I wouldn't go that far. His, um, the, his lapels got his lapels got wider and his glasses got bigger. That's yeah, it. yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> and he elevated from a truck to a to a, a house. He got him some like a nice little podcasting section. That's all yeah. Kevin Samuels is. So, I, I I think that black men specifically, I don't understand why the the goal is to watch black women be told stuff that you wanna. You want to tell them, but you don't have the balls to tell them and things right. that you think that they need to hear. Right. I have never once not had the not had the fortitude to tell my significant other, this is what I need from you. It just so happens that I don't need you to be my fucking servant. Right. right. Like that, mm-hmm. that, I think that's the difference. It just so happens that it doesn't matter to me if you want to have kids or not, because I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. And then, you know, you go out and you hear baby cry and I'm just like. That's just annoying, and I don't want to deal with that <laughs> at four man. o'clock in the morning. But I, I think we got to stop elevating these niggas. Unfortunately, you know he's gained a huge following and a huge platform of toxic ass niggas mm-hmm. that's yep. going to continue continue to promote his his beliefs. And what really angers me, and this is with any movement, but right. specifically with this movement, what really angers me is that this small portion of just toxic black men think that they have figured something out about relationships. That literally the other seven billion of us haven't, right? Like that you know right. something that we don't know. It's like the state capitol, uh, the capitol building rioters. Yeah, like we know that this shit is. They were hiding something from you. No, the fuck you don't. Sir. Right. <laughs> you Sit know, the fuck down. You right. know nothing different than anyone else. And nigga, you're not special, and you're broke, and you're probably ugly, and your dick probably small, and that's why you want to talk about black women the way that you want to talk about them. Own your truth, homie. Come out the closet. It's fine. We'll love you. It's, yeah. com- it's completely fine. Yeah. Well, let me let me get yeah. off my soapbox because I hate toxic black nope. men who talk bad about black women. I mean, no man for one should own that many boots and tell women what to do. <laughs> homie has like what a twenty thousand dollar boot collection. That shit is weird. Unless I'm not, you own a bunch of Tims. I'm not gonna lie. I'm 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 a strong proponent of a good boot. Yeah, that Chicago and that nigga um, need a boot and ass is what I'm. But saying. he don't own any Tims. He owns that many boots, but no Tims. Yeah, but he's fifty. Niggas been wearing butters since forever, bro. <laughs> butters have been around for forever. I mean, forever. yeah, I mean, but I mean, come on, I mean, they ain't, they ain't like the best work boot like known to man. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about fashion. If you are a black male, at some point in time in your life, you owned a pair of butters. Bro, my pops never wore. Never wore butters ever in his life. How old I, I is never your father? Sixty. Fifty and younger. Fifty and younger. <laughs> My dad's seventy-one, so I can't contribute that to him. But fifty and younger, we have all owned a pair of butters at okay. some point in time of our life that were okay. not used for work. It was always used for fashion, and That's he fresh. owned not a single pair. I can't trust him. Mm. I can't trust him. 
I mean, point. there but, are many reasons not to trust him, but yeah. you know, not only butters is top three. On the but list. I mean, speaking to the women, I think I think most sound men understand like what this nigga's about. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of women who are calling in, who are asking for this treatment. It's like the 2021 ghetto gaggers. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Like, like, why are you showing up to hear this shit? <laughs> I mean, some <laughs> some fuck? of the clips I saw were like women that was actually wanting to engage in an intelligent debate, and mm-hmm. then he would just like seem like he would have prepared talking point shit that he studied. Like, oh, I got her now. I'm gonna say mm-hmm. the most massage. Shit, this right. is gonna be like a fucking tidal right. wave of stupidity onto this. Stig said, "How old are you?" Who me? No, no. He said, "This woman, how old uh, are you?" Uh, you have kids? Well, there you have it. Who wants you? <laughs> Shit, like, bro, like, <laughs> told you, stand up. If he would have just picked a different lane, right? And it goes to show you, some people, like you said, some people shouldn't have their platforms elevated. But somebody should have loved him and said, "Yo." You suck at giving advice, but if you turned your advice into a comedy, uh, some stand-up, yeah. perfect. We'd which, all like you. Which is why I engaged with it in the first place. I thought that it was satire. I was like, he he was so rude and so unnecessarily mean. I was like, oh, he's got to be like just fucking with people, which I can get behind. I love me, I love me some good. I like, I love me a good roast for no reason. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me that all day. And then I was like, I started seeing the reaction of people being like, oh no, yeah. oh no. What have we done? Mm-hmm. We've elevated another nigga that doesn't need elevation. Like, this mm-hmm. is terrible. Which And what made me the most angry out of the whole situation is that this nigga made me agree with Dr. Umar. Like, he made me take hey. Dr. Umar's side. My 90% of my identity is not taking Dr. Umar's side. Like, that is how <laughs> I move through the world. The coon has activated. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, <laughs> the man that gave us the coon chip should always be agreed with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, that he, but he posted something on his Instagram a while back about a YouTubian, you know, tearing down the black women based on white people's standards. And I was like, mm-hmm. boy, this nigga preaching. Can you give him your ring so he can get on the pulpit and let you us... You understand? <laughs> like, please, please yeah. do. Please do. Yeah. And, give us, and give us your, your, your zip portfolio Bible. <laughs> hey, fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> Hold on, but... But before we transition into that, I did want to bring up another subject because y'all brought up some real interesting shit that I can't contribute to from mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. And y'all brought up the dating in your 30s thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to know about this shit. I want to fucking know. I want to know what it's like for you guys. Is your dating pool shrinking? All that shit. Because I'm swimming in marriage, so I love this shit. You niggas mm-hmm. is dying. <laughs> Look, oh, oh, oh. I'm dating a couple of people right now. Whore. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga said Whore. a couple of you bitches. <laughs> like, wow. And that shit is exhausting, right? It is exhausting. One Couldn't of them, fucking imagine. One of them is my age and one of them is significantly younger. Um, okay. 20, 24, 25, I forget. Um it's not bad. Don't do that. <laughs> Come on, the rule man. is the rule is half your age plus seven. And so I'm well within that range. That is that is the rule for dating down. I got you. So like, it is exhausting. And I, you know, I was in a relationship for about a year up until December, roughly a year. Yeah. And I'm just now like starting to get back into the swing and try and figure it out. I forgot how exhausting this mm. shit is. It is it is miserable and expensive. I'm tired. Yeah. Like yeah. I am very tired. 
you know, and then having the weirdness of like, okay, you got to go because this other person's coming over and then, you know, it's their time with me or whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's cool because they, they know what's up. Their, their thing is like, a Mormon. I mean, their mm-hmm. thing is like, you know, when it's my time with you, it's my time with you. I don't want you talking to nobody else. I'm like, hey, that's fair. Like, you here with me, it's cool. You stay in the night, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Right, like they, I, I ain't gonna hide it from either one of y'all that right. I'm, I'm happily, yep, I'm happily single at the moment. I'm just dipping my toe in the water to see what's going on. But because of those things that I told you earlier, mm-hmm. my pool is shrinking very quickly because it feels like every day another woman is dropping one of them kids into this <laughs> fucking economy, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, you couldn't hold out for like two more years. When I'm 33, I only got two more years of good baby making left. I'm yes. like, you know what? <laughs> I ain't I ain't mad at you because I'm looking at I'm looking at forty being like, you know I thought forty would be the age that I was ready to have kids. It's looking real fifty-ish right now. Like I'm, Damn, I, yeah. It's it's one because you 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 get into this thing. I mean, like you know we're sitting in my house. I get up and go whenever I want. Last mm-hmm. weekend I got up and was just like, <laughs> I feel like going to Florida. I'm gonna go to Florida, right? And right. You, you can't do that shit when you got what a family, kid. Like. Yeah. I can do what I want when I want. I'm responsible to no one. I'm responsible for no one. And when you bring in the the level, and then when you start bringing kids into the situation and you start to get to know the kids and you become important in their life just as much as you become important in the mm-hmm. significant other's life, like now you, it's just a whole lot of pressure and attachment. And I would never date someone and not appreciate their children because kids are important to people. I don't get it. I mean, them niggas seem like savages and unappreciative, but, you know, for whatever reason, parents love their children, you know. Yeah. Um, They're like your broke best friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and they can do all them little TikTok dances in front of you. It's like, I ain't got to look at my phone. Just do it. Why would you say, like, nigga, if you don't go in your room, get away from me. Like, why are you TikToking in my face? Go go sit down. So you was never that kid that your, uh, the, the older family was like, hey, come, come do the Michael Jackson dance. No, they come made, do the Jackson dance. They made me sing, which is why I'm scarred now, and they don't understand why I won't sing for them. It's like, because y'all money. Ain't right. I charge now. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now, I'll let my manager. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess all this shit is like all circumstantial at the same time. I mean, um, I mean, dating at thirty depends upon where you where you're at emotionally. You know, mm-hmm. uh, fresh out of a situation, I probably would tell women, you know, only thing I got for you is hard dick and a goodbye. You know what I mean? So I can't, <laughs> you know, I can't, I can't attach to you emotionally to the point to where you're gonna feel something for me. Um, but it's hard dating women now in our age range that do not have children. Mm-hmm. So within that, you have to be very sure yeah. that you are ready to to do this shit because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't, you don't want to build attachments with, with people and then their children and you know, it's frivolous and you walk away from this shit and then the child's loving you and you love the child and, you know, it's a weird, it's a weird intersection and you got to, you know, you know, you got to be able to, you know, tell them like, hey, I'm your dad number two. And then what does that mean exactly? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I'm, you know, I'm dating one particular person right now. I don't really have like an open pool. But, uh, I mean, before I was, fuck. Shit, in the quarantine. God damn it, don't judge me. Um, Too late. 
Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just, it I was, ain't even heard what you said. And I already know some fucked was, up shit coming you out. Was stepping hey, out during a panorama. You bro, think, you know, I, was, <laughs> I was out here with a sunroof down, no no hand sanity. You know what I'm saying? No hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. But trying to contribute to the birth rate. <laughs> yeah, damn, bro. bro. Man, nah, nah, bro. bro I took it off and threw it on her back like, bitch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, you know, it's just. Listen, you just got to be sure that, you know, this is really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't want to deal with people in there and, and their, uh, you know, baby baby father drama and shit like that. That's that's the that's the weird yeah. circumstance. Mm-hmm. And then also, you are responsible for those little people, too. Yep. So that's some tough shit. Like, if you're really not really ready for that shit, then... One thing I learned, bro, after my breakup, in between being broken up and getting married, right... So after my situation ended, being on the opposite side of that, right? You know, you have your ex who has the kid all the time, and then it's just you, right? Mm -hmm. Things become very different when your ex starts to date. Because if you start dating and you, you know, being a guy that has kids, right? Right. When I start dating, I still have my parental obligations, but it's not a seven-day-a-week thing, right? You have your kid, like, maybe three to four, maybe three to five days a week, depending on the weeks, and you can kind of make your plans and stuff around that. One thing that I've learned is that when you're in a relationship, when you go from a relationship with somebody and you had a kid with them to being single, once you get into a relationship, that 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 um, co-parenting shit, that shit is not real for most situations, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really get to spend those time, those moments with your kid anymore, especially if they start dating too, because they're going to date what they call intentionally, which means they're going to start introducing mad people to your kid. Like, when I was single and shit, before me and my wife, you know, got married, back when I was just single, me and her were dating and shit, I could still see my son like three, maybe five days a week. As soon as, like, got engaged, man, I've probably seen my son maybe like, three, possibly four times live since then. How long have you been married? I've been married since August last year. Wow. So it's not just one-sided. Like, people think, oh, with these women with kids, it's like a full-time thing. Shit, if you get to uncover, like, a lot of that shit, bro, sometimes women keep, and it's for, you know, they own shit, whatever they went through in their previous relationship, they'll keep the kid away, too. So when you niggas get to dating them motherfuckers, yeah, y'all got to take on a lot more responsibility. I feel bad for y'all too because y'all also didn't get to experience cheap dates. No, no, it's it's a hundred or above. Huh. Well, about seventy or above is what. The fuck you I'm mean? Averaging. I mean, I got, I'll, I got, I'll take a bitch to Papa. What you mean? Because like you know, it, it like do y'all niggas not prioritize women in your life? Like there there are certain there's a tier system I got I got to deal with. So if you if you tell if us you, about the graphs. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. So don't don't judge me. So so tier one through three. Tier one means you're you're prime. You mean I'm taking you out in the daytime, mm. wherever you want to go, holding hands and shit. Probably not. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I I may I may give you like a biweekly allowance. You know what I'm saying? If if it's if it gets that serious, um, you know I'm, I may hit you for your nails. You know, no no problem. I'm, I want to meet the family, shit like that. We have good conversation. Tier number two, gorgeous, not that bright. Mm-hmm. You see her dawn. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, you don't you don't want to actually take her out to a pretty a, a prime a prime restaurant. You may take her to let's say Chipotle, you know. What do you want, baby? Extra meat? Go ahead. <laughs> Ball out. No problem. You got tier 
now tier three. Now you don't see that bitch at all during the daytime. You want <laughs> you want her to come by strictly at night. You know what I'm saying? You probably only see her after she's had like ten drinks. So she's talking crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And then y'all, the only time y'all y'all actually talk sober is the following day after you already fed her dick. <laughs> so I mean, am I? You got to prioritize these women. So not everyone gets gets the best of you. And I don't think women understand that. You got to you got to know what 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 tier you, you actually are, are are associated with. So with these um, tiers, yeah. Um, how do you decide which one is the house nigga, and then the field nigga, and then the uh, you know? The, the like what you, what you paying What you paying at the block for the, These <laughs> niggas are single I'm married I'm staying far away From this shit Alright y'all continue on Nigga <laughs> <laughs> Nigga you had a life Before you met <laughs> I don't know what that is Oh man My life I started mean, August 29th guys <laughs> right. Oh that's the day After I released my album So yeah That worked out Look at that Connected through the universe um, that, That's hard to hear about You know um, The baby mama drama I, I think one of the things That gets lost in conversations People really really think that Black dudes are deadbeat dads um, mm-hmm. And they also love to bring up The fact that 70% of kids In the black household Are born out of wedlock not, Failing to mention That most children Born in the United States Are born out of wedlock Like True. Um, Marriages are down Across the board For every demographic right. And that's most That mostly has to do with um, Women empowerment Right Women no longer have to stay in Or be in relationships To mm-hmm. create their own way In the world Which like I appreciate as men we take that for granted, but you know yeah. I can do all this by myself and right. be completely fine. But you know, thirty years ago that was fine for me. But thirty years ago, I should say more like forty, fifty years ago, right. that wasn't fine for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people underestimate how much women, how much power women have in withholding children from their from their father specifically for petty reasons. Yep. Even the fact that. You know, something like 70% of, of um, what is it called when you go to court for custody custody battles? Mm-hmm. 70% of custody battles end up with the mother, regardless of the gender of the child. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. The courts now assume, and I don't know if y'all know this, but juvenile court system operates outside of the other court systems. So yep. it has its own rules and procedures and things, kind of like... Um, the military legal system. So right. it has its, it has like its own things and you can't really like appeal and you can't do all these things. Right. Um, and so it makes it very difficult mm-hmm. for men to get custody of their children because what they say is what's best for the child, right? That That's mm-hmm. what it is. But if you watch court battles, the man usually makes more money, right? Usually. Mm-hmm. The man usually has like a place to stay and is usually... In another relationship, you know, having a mar- being married or a long term relationship, mm-hmm. but even with all of that, most of the rulings go for the mom, right? And so it just shows how biased the court. Like for example, if I if I were to go to court and I had a kid, unless I married someone, unless I married someone who had the same trajectory as me as far as professional life, I would be easily the most qualified person. To have our child. Right. CPR first aid certified. Like the whole. You know, CPR first aid certified, taking all these classes on youth development. Right. Worked with kids ages 4 to 17 for 12 years straight. Lived with kids, you know, on campus for six years straight. Taking kids to the hospital, um, in loco parenti. All of these things I have done. Right. I have done them for 15 years at this point. 
And it would still be judged against me to yep. have my kid. And I'm probably going to make more money than them if we're going to be 100% honest. I'm probably going to be more educated by the time I'm done because I do plan on getting my doctorate, although it'll be somewhere around the time that I'm 70 because I fucking hate school that much. <laughs> but like, th- it's still going to be ruled against me. And so the the fact that you know you haven't seen your kid in that long, and that, mm-hmm. I will say, the thing that I always say is, A, just go to court. And get the make the judge say, yeah, just, just I know you're gonna pay more money, but if 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 you love your child and you want to see your child, just go to the court, just go to court, pay the money, and get something in writing from a judge that says I get to see my child X Y Z. Unfortunately, that's gonna cost you about depending on how much you make. Ten between, bands, I can yeah, tell you. About I've between, done that yeah. too. I've done that too. The thing is, the enforcement piece of that doesn't truly exist. You mm. can go to a police officer and say, hey, you know, help me get my kid. I'm supposed to have them on this day. All they're going to say is we can go there and we can request the child to come out. But outside of that, there's nothing they can do to enforce it. Mm. So there's no activity. Like, they're not going to take them to jail for not releasing the kid to you on that particular day. Plus, there's a lot of other circumstances, like, tied into it. Like, my situation had a lot of legalities involved in it. So... I'm not rich by any means. I'm middle class comfortable. I'm middle class comfortable. Mm-hmm. So court costs me a lot of fucking money. So for those dads who don't fall into that middle class, lower middle class, upper middle class, any shit like that, if, you, if you're if you not in that middle class bracket, that, that financial cost associated with going through that war, because it ain't no battle. You going through a motherfucking war. Yeah. That shit, you ain't got it. You ain't got it, man. So I get it. I get it, but I want to know more about y'all niggas <laughs> and y'all single shit. So it, it's, it seems kind of rough. The dating pools are shrinking. Yes. You don't want kids to be around you. No. Not even for the fruit snacks. No. I buy my own fucking fruit snacks. I don't fuck them kids Man, eat my fruit snacks. Had- Never mind. I, go well, to, I shop I, at Sam's. I get the Gushers fruit pack too. My niggas. Yeah. <laughs> what? I mean, I guess I guess dating uh, like in your 30s is okay. It just depends upon what you're what your goal is. Yeah. Are you dating intentionally or are you just dating yeah. to have fun? If you're dating to have fun. There's plenty of them out there who will love to suck your dick dry. But I mean, if you're if you're looking for something with purpose and value and you want to have something lasting, mm-hmm. it can it can, you know, get a bit taxing. And because it, I mean it also depends on like the level that you date at, right? So mm-hmm. the people who know I'm single are like executive directors or right. or people who are politically engaged in the community. And so right. they're looking for something completely different than in me, right? right? Than I am looking for in them. Like me, you say you won't get married. Uh, I'm ambivalent towards marriage, right? Not right. because I don't view it as just something you so do because you love someone. Like it's cool, but there, it's more like there's legalities behind it and it means some real shit when you do it. So mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm kind of like, that shit looks miserable. Like from the outside looking in, no matter how how much you love someone. And so... But then I can't really I can't really date the the normal the normal thought out here because I'm like I look you just I hate don't judge me but you just ain't on my level right like you just so so let's so let's 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 talk about that for a moment then. yeah so yeah, Dexter Samuels so like so like are you are you uh are you turned off by a woman who is sexually liberating no to where to where she to where she meets the standard of everything else, but she does not mind telling you she would like that meet at 8 p.m. Um, mm. on Tuesday. Yes. No, I, when I, I shouldn't say 
out of the out of my level. Where I'm going to find them is not somewhere that I want to be. Like I ain't going to Bella Noche, right? Who the fuck is going there? Well, that was an example. I'm like, I'm not. You got to get a tetanus shot to even get in, <laughs> right? Like, bro. <laughs> like we going I don't frequent places where like I'm going to meet someone who's just wanting to have fun. I should say broadly, right? I'm sure. Okay. Specifically, like. The places I go and the things that I do, I'm just not going to run into that. And so I am around a very specific set of women, right. you know, very specific set. And my intentions just don't match up with their intentions because we're all, you know, young professionals. They're in their 30s as well. And so, you know, they're trying to do their thing and get married. And, and all of their friends have been married at this point and whatnot. Right. And I'm just kind of like, hey, all my friends mm-hmm. could get married and divorced four times. And I would not give a shit about me not getting married. Like, it just is so, what it is. So that brings up another interesting uh, area, right? So with it being, most most people date the folks that they're around, right? Mm-hmm. If you work somewhere and there's a lot of people that you work with, you don't get to spend a lot of time at home or socializing. Well, guess what? Your dating pool is going to come from there. Yeah. So yeah. the internet has made the world a lot smaller. This so how true. has experiences been with like online dating? Like with, Remember when that was taboo? Like, no one talked yeah. about that. But now everybody finds people on Tinder, or Hinge. Instagram. And we used to always talk about not meeting people on the internet. And now I call a car to take me places when I want to go. Like, it's, it's, yeah. really, it's really yeah. weird. Also, the internet did to the boomers what they told us the internet was going to do to us. You know, they literally started an insurrection over some lies and bullshit that they believed. Mm-hmm. And told, after all of that, telling us we was going to burn the world down on some bullshit. I mean, if we if we being candid, dating online, like you know, you know, during the pandemic, uh, I think shit. A lot of people that I knew were like saying, "Hey, get on Tinder, get on uh, uh what's the other one?" Uh, Grinder. No, I was like black. No, fuck Grinder. Yeah, <laughs> what, black fuck? people meet. Look, no, nigga. what is what you might you might meet a bitch with fucking like was, no no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it um I mean. You know, I, I got on Tinder because I didn't. I didn't know it was a dating site at first, mm-hmm. and I got on it. And I was like, "Oh, mm-hmm. they're actually, they're actually serious." And if we being candid, I probably went through about maybe fifteen of them. Mm. I think that's typically how online dating meet works. But because- like, I, I didn't like any of them except like maybe one or two. Yeah, so it was pretty much online uh, fuck friend finder. I wasn't trying to wreck really fuck him. It was just just. Trying I mean, that's to what just, it ended up being, though. Yeah, yeah. To to to, to a certain extent. Hope they ain't listening. I was going to get this nigga in trouble. <laughs> get him in trouble. Shit. If you know, he met you on Tinder, you already know what the deal is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, like I, I took I took one seriously. Um, yeah. Um. You know, but you you can converse with whoever you want to, but right, it's just right. It's just. <laughs> Having conversation, but the the weird thing is, when you don't have to meet someone in person, you're able to have a certain level of confidence to say whatever shit you want. Mm-hmm. So they're able to say, "Hey, um, me and my girlfriend, um, you know, we're kind of into an open relationship. Would you like to partake?" Or, "Hey, um, you know, uh, my husband's into a cuckolding. Would you mind actually?" Uh, coming like they're very brash on these online profiles and shit. Like these online dating oh, sites shit. are like very forward and it's kind of creepy. So um, if you're looking for some wholesome shit, that's not the place to go to. Mm-hmm. So I I don't match on Tinder very often. I don't know what it is. I don't think I have a good profile. 
So <laughs> no, my profile, my profile was busting. I'm not gonna lie. Nah, I, I never match on Tinder, and so I stopped using it. And then I do match, and then forget that I'm talking to someone. Right. And then that becomes, and I go back like three weeks later, like, oh shit, we was in the middle of a conversation. You still yeah. trying to have this conversation? Yeah. My alerts were never turned on. I refuse. So. I can't so. do that. You know, you got people over and they see, they see you getting alert. Yeah, yeah. Nah, it's yeah. over. Because it's, <laughs> it's still taboo. It's yeah. still taboo. Regardless of how many people we know partake in likes online dating and mm-hmm. shit. If you see a notification from one of your homies on their phone light up and you see Tinder on it, ah, ah, nah. you can't meet no bitches. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's bro. Weird. No, I got homies who was like, bro, I'm getting mad bitches off Tinder and off uh, Black, whatever it's called. And I'm like, dead ass. He was like, bro, he went he went the scrolling through. That bitch was long as hell. I'm like, okay. I mean, if that's what you're going for, niggas, go at it. But right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want something more like substantial and if you bored, do that shit too. Yeah, I, yeah. I did it because I was bored and I got tired of talking to the same women. Yeah. And um, now that's, that's it Because all they had to tell me Was the fact that You know they, They're sitting home With their kids They don't want to be there Or some other shit They're trying to build Another business Who's going to fucking flop I don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> So you know what I mean So like whatever <laughs> I mean the pandemic Has made us all Kind of starved For attention Right mm. Unless you're me Who has learned I don't want to talk to nobody Like I don't want to mm. go nowhere I don't want nobody to touch me. Like, I don't want to be around. Nope. I'm happy right, right here doing whatever I want to do in my little space. I make. I went to the movies for the first time on uh, Friday night to see Demon Slayer. Hmm. Great movie if nobody's seen it. Beautiful. Hmm. Um, beautiful movie. And I was like, I can't believe we did this shit before the pandemic. Why am I sitting in these people theater watching this movie? I could do this from the comfort of my own house, in my own air-conditioned control, on my couch. Mm-hmm. I'm never leaving my house again. Like, that was the literal thought that I had right. halfway through the movie. Like, and there were other people in the theater with me. I was like, why are you here? Like, go home. Why? This is a panorama. Why are you out in the panorama? Don't worry about me. I can, I can do it. <laughs> you need to be at home saving the world. Oh, Man, the crazy shit about that is before the pandemic even started, like I've like I said, I've known Christian for a while. Like mm-hmm. me and him been homies for a while. We got pretty much this friend group, right? And we used to go to the movies all the time. Like Thanks. if one person missed the movie, we would all go to see the same movie again. Mm-hmm. We've seen, I think, Planet of the Apes like four times because yeah, everybody like four fell times. asleep. Yeah. Everybody fell asleep in that bitch. But we <laughs> used to we used to all buy like an extra seat at the theater just so people couldn't sit on our row. Mm. So whoever sat at the ends pretty much just bought the extra seat and we'd leave seats in between because we didn't want to be bothered with folks. Yeah. And when the pandemic hit, it's like, why the fuck were we doing that? We can just watch movies at our own individual homes. <laughs> no one cares for this shit. So <laughs> I got one more topic, y'all. One more topic before we close things out. See, motherfuckers, we told y'all we could have fun. I mean, viewers, not yes. motherfuckers. We love and respect every single person who listens to us because we appreciate you guys. Every category. They, them. They, them, these. he, she, her. It doesn't matter. We, we fuck with you. So we want to talk about the contributions that white people have made to our American society. Now, this ain't going to take very long. Specifically, specifically cultural um, assets that they have. Contributed because I don't think anybody can argue that white people have, through colonization, you know, um, theft of labor, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. built many many things in the country. But what we need to distinguish between is an advancement, an institution, and like a, a technological right. thing, um, which many were stolen from from black people. Now, when we're talking about cultural assets. I stand on 10 toes behind this. 
white people have contributed zero cool things to American culture as we know it. And everything that people love outside of um, America, you know, foreign folks love about America is all because of black people. Hmm. Every, every single thing. So you can say, you can say that, um, oh, you know, well, they love American music. Well, last time I checked, shout out Nipsey Hussle, all American music is black music. Everything is a subsidiary of black music. Country, which breeds folk and bluegrass. Country was started by black folks, right? Mm-hmm. Rock starts with blues and the Delta blues, right? Mm-hmm. Black folks. Um, jazz, that's all black folks in New Orleans specifically. Yep. Um, yes. So everything, literally everything you know about New Orleans is. Yes. And the number one most listened to genre of music in the world. Hip-hop. Hip-hop. Started yeah. in in uh, the Bronx in the 1970s with DJ Cool Hurt, and it's the only form of music that we can directly trace every stop that it has made along the American journey, right? And so everything that y'all love about America is black. White people have contributed zero things to the cultural relevance of America, mm. the United States. Let me say that. You want to take it first, or what? Okay, culturally. That is accepted outside of the U.S. I, you know, I was we were talking about this off mic. Um, it'll it'll be hard pressed for me to be able to speak to something just just off the top of my head. I mean, God, that's that's a tough one. I I really I really don't know. I can't I can't speak to it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Can you think about black people culturally? Something that we contributed. Yeah. Let me hear it. Shit. Fashion. Music. Um, um, expression uh, through through all arts, language. Um, right. yeah, how we carry ourselves, mm-hmm. how we present ourselves, um, <clears throat> how we talk amongst each other, mm-hmm. um, dances. Yeah, Any, anything anything to do with expression, but also to do with um, we we carry our pain a lot. I would say a, a lot more identifiable than most. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, because wherever you are in this world, if you see someone black and then, and we know, hey, we in this together. Right. I mean, so even even when you talk about equality and justice, which are things that white people build their brand on, right? Mm-hmm. The way that people know about equality and justice from America. Mm-hmm. Is because of what black people had to go through to get equality and justice in America. Right. Everyone in the world knows Martin Luther King. Not everyone in the world knows what's William Taft, right? Supreme Court Justice, or um, I mean, people know what's the name, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but not everybody knows Justice Alito or Thurgood Jay, Marshall, Thurgood Marshall, Jay Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. No, like you don't know those folks, but you damn sure know Martin Luther King. You know Malcolm X. You know. Yep. Marcus Garvey, you know, all of these folks because mm-hmm. the black liberation struggle and black justice struggle and equality in America has been one of its one of the biggest exports that we've had since the 60s and 70s and has been used as models for other people trying to gain liberation in other countries. And in within this country. Yes. So I think I think that that's an ironic uh, position. I think if we look to the news and what's been going on recently with the um stop the Asian hatred and Asian crimes, um Maybe this probably isn't a popular opinion, but I feel that every other culture or race and demographic within this country who isn't other uh, tends to piggyback off of our own our own struggles and our own uh, push for for equality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't heard any any white pushback. 
Um, I mean, that's from that. That's but, been typical through our history, though. Yeah. Typical through our history with uh, take the civil rights movement. The piggyback movement to the civil rights movement was the women's suffrage movement, mm-hmm. and in particular the white women's suffrage movement. Mm-hmm. Right. They were able to move legislation passed for women after the civil rights movement with no issue. But you argued against giving us civil rights. So now you take Black Lives Matter, right? Black Lives Matter has been protesting just for equality, highlighting issues within the black community or problems that are caused by, you know, white power structures that are going against black folks. But the Asian hate shit comes up afterwards and then it's just pushed right on through. Mm. So people look at our struggles and they don't think that our struggles are real. Well, one of the things, again, I'm I'm going to agree with Dr. Umar again here. So if y'all go, Mm -hmm. you should go play the lottery today because this shit will (laughs) never happen again. he brought up the reason why that bill was uh, created and pushed through so quickly on the breakfast club. And I'm, I want to push back against it, but I can't because it's so accurate to the history. Yep. And what he said was every time the white people in the country face the possibility of becoming a minority, specifically the top 1%, you know, the top dogs, every time they face the possibility of losing power, they mm-hmm. look for other, you know, people who are kind of in close proximity to whiteness yep. to bring into whiteness, you know, a little bit more to bolster those numbers. And Asians tend to be uh, conservative, yes. right? Particularly older Asians tend to be conservative. Yes. They are extremely anti-black. And so now mm-hmm. you can go and make this bill and be like, well, see, you acted right. And we gave you what you wanted. Those blacks over there don't know mm-hmm. how to act. And that's why we won't give them what they want. And you should stop us from giving them what they want until they show us that they're worthy and act like you. And so that's why a good immigrant. Actually, yeah, a good immigrant. The, the model immigrant. Um, which, do you know who commits the most suicide among any demographic, by the way, in the United States? No. It's Asians. Asians. Asians are number one. Really? Yeah, Asians are number one. All that hard work. Exactly. <laughs> because that's the myth. That's the myth of the model The right. model uh, minority. Also, number one people who commit suicide in the country, by the way, are white men. So they continually choose mm-hmm. gun legislation that hurts their own people over um, over the idea of, of being altruistic and fair about gun laws. But I digress. Yeah. All of that to say that there is not one thing that white people have contributed to the country that I, I think is a cultural asset there are interesting things right they're very interesting things netflix i think is a very interesting cultural thing well, but it's worldwide when you when you say culturally um do you, do you mean like the 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 american identity no because the american think, identity is fake as shit I, but uh, i think that's still a cultural contribution though because outside of the u.s whether you go to canada whether you go to mexico whether you go over to uh europe the european nations they think that we as americans all have similar viewpoints regardless of regardless if you're black from america white from america they might look down on you because you're a black person but not just necessarily because you're american they think we have this baseball apple pie chevrolet bullshit like that's that's the the contribution, uh, the imperialistic contribution that white folks have contributed to America. But I also think from a cultural standpoint, right, white people in this country are the makers of certain cultural things, but we are the marketers, right? What does that say about us, though? (laughs) I mean, we're good at selling shit. 
We're really we good don't at own selling. It. We're, we're really good at selling <laughs> stuff. We don't have enough structures in place to correct the issues of ownership. We'll eventually get to that point. Yeah. But I think we're the best marketers because think about it from a fashion standpoint, right? Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Niggas made polo popular. Right. Yes. Tommy Hill figure. White people were buying it, but it didn't explode until black people and hip hop got their hands on it. Right. So I think from a cultural standpoint, white people make some shit, they make shit, but we are the greatest marketers in the world. So they typically have to use us to well, market they shit. I would I wouldn't say that having creating things makes it a, a cultural asset. I think that the way it's used is what makes it a cultural asset. Right. True. And so mm-hmm. I don't really give a fuck that you made polo, right? You made some shit that looked good. There was no culture behind it. You were just trying to make clothes that look good that made some money. But the way that we wore it mm. and the way that we talked about it yep. and the way that we bought it and the way that it swirled, swelled up from our community, right? From our community. And then you came in and you used that word imperialistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't view that imperialistic colonial export as a cultural asset. Number one, because it doesn't exist. It's a lie. So a lie cannot be a cultural asset. Number two, a a, a lie is not a cultural asset. A lie is a lie. It can be accepted as a cultural asset. But it's still a lie. A chair is a chair. You can want it to be a love seat, but it's only going to fit one person. That's very true. So it it, it, it depends on how they sit. <laughs> but the, I still think the illusion, though, the illusion, the the master crafting of illusion can be something that can be contributed to cultural success. The motherfuckers are just fire magicians, except instead of doing magic tricks that say poof and we're all like, oh, shit, it's like poof, racism. <laughs> like, that's, that's what they have. I mean, that's but there, there's a definite difference between a magician and a sorcerer. Right. Yeah, very true. There's a difference there. All all I'm saying is black people are the reason that everything about America that people think is cool is because of us. Every single thing from the way that we walk to the way that we talk um, and and what and the way that you know, this is the way that you know, this is true, you know, is um, everything that we've made has been a response to the colonization of something that we made cool. Mm-hmm. Right. So like we made rock cool. White folks was like, hey, that shit dope. We should start doing that. And we're going to box out the black folks who made it. Yep. Right. right? And so black folks were like, all right, well, then fuck you. I'm going to make hip hop. Right. And if you even if you go before rock, you know, you go to jazz before that. You right. go to the Delta Blues, which were the first real um, bucks against oppression, right? right. Jazz mm-hmm. was definitely, and blues was out. Blues Disco was too. Disco, Disco too. too. Yeah, all yeah. three of those are are extreme bucks against um, oppression and black people having to make up a new sound because our sound got stolen from us and we got boxed mm-hmm. out of it. And they're trying to do the same thing with hip hop right now and they succeeded, but black people always find a way to figure it out, which is where you get independent artists, right? Yep, right. And now you got these independent artists who no longer need a label and and white people are losing their fucking mind because they're like, how do we how do we own these niggas? Right? Like, how do we own Kanye now? How do we own all these mm-hmm. people? And they can't figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you have the nerve to think that we care about your opinion on our music, right? Like that's what mm. that's what's super interesting. Like, I don't know if y'all know. All right, so we 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 just talked about the history of it, right? right. First of all, you said hip hop was a terrible form of music. It was trash. That's yep. the first thing you did, right? Hip hop was a terrible form of music. Part of trash. Not only did you say that, 
you took Uncle Luke to court to try and squash his First Amendment rights Mm -hmm. so that he couldn't make hip hop anymore. Because that's how bad. And you think that that you are a part of that culture? The fuck you mean? Hmm. Where they do that at? How you try and shut some shit down and then when you realize you was wrong, be like, oh, this is us now. This this is all good. But it just goes to show how they, they try to stop our culture and then say that they're a part of that culture. Right. It's the same reason they're opening soul food restaurants. It's imperialistic. But, and I know I'm on my soapbox right now. The thing that I'll, the question is that I'll pose is, why is it that every other ethnicity can protect its culture and not allow people to willy-nilly come in and mm. do shit? And they're fine. Everything's Ooh, fine. Yeah. But as soon as black people are like, hey, this shit for us, we're well, called racist. Well, I have to clarify mm-hmm. a couple of things. So, I know uh, if you go to, you know, you go down south, you go to the east coast or the west coast, they have a very um, distinctive idea as to what, when they say black culture, what that means, right? Mm-hmm. So I was listening to something. Uh, someone was interviewing uh, Vince Staples one time, and they asked him, which Joe Budden was uh, interviewing him, and he asked him about, um, you know, about hip-hop culture. And Vince just casually said, well, what do you mean by that? I don't know that. And I understood what that meant because maybe to the West Coast and the Midwest, maybe we have a, a different different organizing body, a different culture. Hip-hop don't mean shit to me as a culture. If I'm being just straight up, that isn't the organizing body that led my life where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Same way it goes on the West Coast. So, um, But when we talk about our culture, and I don't want to attribute that to music because... If you grew up in Chicago, you grew up on the West Coast, gang culture is probably more prevalent than anything else that we can think of. Yeah. But when we talk about culture as a people, we're void of that because we don't know what that is. You have no idea of recognizing where we come from, yep. who we are. Your last name isn't your last name. You know nothing. You're just a nigger. That's what they like to tell you. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Jews... They don't allow any. They don't allow their children to be taught by anyone outside their community up until that child is past thirteen years of age. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because you want to be able to teach your children and the people about who are coming you. up about you. Yep. Give yourself racial dignity and racial pride. Give yourself a sense of history that is told by your people, not by the people who colonized you. We don't have that. We yep. have nothing, so we can't protect shit because we don't have it. Mm-hmm. And I also think when we do have things, Ryan Davis said this, and it's something that really resonated with me. It's a funny motherfucker, but he be saying some truthful shit too. His biggest thing was with our culture and because of the the essence of black people, we are super inviting people. Mm-hmm. Like white, black, purple, green, it doesn't matter what racial makeup you have. If you're not a racist piece of shit, we tend to let you in too much on our culture. We have passed out too many invites to the cookout. I've taken all mine back. That's, that's, yeah, that's but facts. I mean, just as a culture, as a culture, we have too many people that we say are invited to the cookout. When folks tend to appreciate our culture, particularly when it's new things, right? We appreciate the cosign because more often than not, we're looking at it as simply that someone is appreciating our culture, but in actuality, that person might be participating in our culture and doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. Another person is looking for ways to capitalize mm-hmm. and own it and profit from it. So our invitations to our culture, like, we're the only culture that really does that. You know what I'm but saying? I, I think the place that I'll push back is 
Black people aren't wrong in that, right? Every culture invites you in. I've gone to powwows, right, which are beautiful. If you've never been to a powwow, you should go. I've been to Chinese New Year's at, celib- at, at LSU. I've been to Festival of Lights. I've been to Diwali's, right? I've been to bar mitzvahs. I've been to all of these things. Right. And the problem is, and white people go to all these things as well. The difference is they don't go into those other areas looking for that thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. a way to mon- monetize it. Because for whatever reason, and, and we know the reason, but white people in America feel like they have a right to own, to you. own black culture the, in, in yeah. a way that they don't feel for any other ethnicity or, or um, uh, nationality. Because and so they, they, they owned us. <laughs> they, exactly. And so they, right. I, I made, I, we were, we made the word, why can't we say it? Right. Like that, that's genuinely the argument. Yeah. You also made a bunch of other words that are disparaging towards um, Asians and, and Jews, Jews and, and South Americans. Mm-hmm. And you don't try and say that. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and, and you, and also you have treated Mexicans not as badly as black folks, but they are a distant second, right? They are a distant second. Right. Um, and, and so, but we have a lot of the same overlapping features with the exception that they just happen to be very close to where, to where but they are. I still stand by that statement of we're too inviting because for one, we too also look to profit off of our culture into mainstream society too. We're allowed to do that though. We're, we're allowed to do it, but the ways that we go about doing it can lend to people infecting said culture. Mm-hmm. Like take um take the Latinx music right now. Latinx mm-hmm. music with the hip hop infusion with the 808 drums and all that shit. That's popping right now, right? right. Like J Balvin and all these other Bad guys. Bunny. Yeah. Bad Bunny. All these motherfuckers are some of like the most popular artists in the world by taking their Latin culture music and infusing it with hip hop instrumentals, right? Still got the Latin flavor. They have the black flavor to it. But they're just infusing our culture with their culture, and they're profiting off of that. Mm -hmm. With other racial groups, we tend to let other folks into just our culture purely. They attribute absolutely nothing to it. We want to sell it and market it to those folks. Like, take what Andre 3000 said. um, It was a few years back in an interview. He was like, man, music, I kind of got fucked up because uh, when I went to my concerts, I stopped seeing black people there. Mm. We look to profit from our culture, but it's only white people that are buying it at this point. Well, I, I'll, I'll disagree on one point. I think that what happens is when you make music, you know, and you're, and you're coming up and you're not popular, mm-hmm. you get to see your fan base. You get to mm-hmm. see them, right? I, I go through that all the time. I get to see the same people coming out and, and supporting me. Now, one of my, my boss at work used to work in L.A. and he talked about he worked closely with Bruno Mars for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And he said Bruno used to come and play at his club, you know, on Monday nights for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Bruno released a song and it was like this. And no longer could the people who supported him and started with him afford to be able to go to those concerts yeah. and and mm-hmm. be around that. So it's not even the commercialization. It's our yeah, artists. to Exactly. It's the access. Our artists forget that the people who got you where you are can't afford a $350 ticket. I get it. Beyonce's worth it, right? Now, there is this part that's like, I didn't know people did this, but buying like Beyonce tickets on the On The Run tour were 90 bucks, right? Not mm-hmm. bad at all, right? Mm-hmm. We paid 500 for two because someone goes in and buys all, all the, the blocks and then and resells resell them 
at that higher cost. And I was like, I didn't know that that was a thing because I looked at the document and it was like, oh, well, the ticket, the ticket says it's only $90. Why did I pay $350? And I had to go back and figure out that Ticketmaster had bought the tickets back from this person. And they, I was like, that is fucked up. Like, you price out us being able to appreciate it. And all of a sudden, you go to a Kanye West concert and it's nothing, nothing but, but white, white people. people with Rolexes. And who, who loves Kanye West? Niggas love Kanye West. We might not, we might not mm-hmm. like, like him at 2016 on. But niggas love Kanye. Kanye West is a terrible example because he turned on black people. Let me let me redo that. You know, like, uh, I don't necessarily think he turned on black people. I think he got money and was hanging around the wrong. We'll see how things go after this divorce. No, no, no. See, listen. I think, I think, I think the um, the main proponent of this this conversation is information. Mm-hmm. When we say. Um, you know, when you said earlier that we we are accepting of, of of all races in, in our in our culture, I don't think it's more so accepting. I think we lack history and knowledge to understand that maybe we shouldn't walk, welcome people with open arms. Yeah, particularly mm-hmm. people who <clears throat> who have profited off of your black back. Yep. So if you don't know any better, if you have no history to speak to it, mm-hmm. you don't know what your enemy looks like. You don't even know if that person could be your enemy or not. So. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't blame them. I have the same conversation, you know, with with other people, whether it's about culture or history or what we should do politically. Not everyone knows the same information, and that's the problem. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, white people are. I, I don't, I don't want to position them as 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 all are devils, but my main take is we should we should look at it for what it is. Can they be accepted in the culture? Yes, to a limited degree. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. a visitor. You cannot come to the cookout. We'll bring you a plate back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think that what's intriguing, because I'm a, I'm a white rapper fan, right? Like, I like white rappers, particularly. I'm, I'm not an Eminem fan. Let me preface that. Can't stand Eminem. Um, he, he's in my top seven because he's so lyrically talented that I can't. Right. Unofficially, he's not even in my top ten, right? right. If, I, if I had mm-hmm. to make an unofficial list. Right. But I think about what the world would look like if Eminem showed up at a rap battle with a bunch of black folks and the black folks would have been like, why are you, why are you here? This isn't, this isn't for you. Like you can watch, you you can watch, you can't get on stage, right? You can't mm-hmm. do it. You know? And the reason that I have, a, the reason that I have beef with that now, Eminem may be a bad example because he is one of the most lyrically talented people to have ever walked the earth. And I'm not going to take that away from him. Right. Um, but you look at someone like Post Malone or MGK who knew that they could use their whiteness and mediocrity to get enough notice in hip hop to yep. be able to make the music that they eventually wanted to make and leave hip hop. And I think that's what we talk about. And I hate that. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, that that white Iverson Post Malone nigga doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Like I'm like like, and I, I saw what he transitioned to. This nigga's mm-hmm. is working around with a mullet. This nigga got like, what's going on? The MGK. This nigga's painting his fingernails. He's looking. He's looking Not all coked out. Like, what the fuck yeah. is going on, man? But but they present themselves to to you as they're part of the fold. They grew up in the same neighborhood as you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nah. Date, date a black girlfriend. He had the cornrows when he first came out. Mm-hmm. Now this nigga's looking like Joe Dirt. Like, I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So, so I mean, he, I'm like, it's, it's, it's quite baffling. So you got to ask yourself, 
Should they be? No. My answer is no. Yeah. No. And he said it too, like even after he reached his success and all that stuff, somebody was recording Post Malone like when he was either drunk or something in the studio and it was like, you know, I don't feel anything when I hear rap music. If you really want to feel something, you really want to hear something, you got to listen to Bob Dylan, man. You got to listen to Bob. I'm like, all right, so you said you don't feel anything when you listen to hip hop music. You don't feel anything when you listen to rap, but we should listen to Bob Dylan. White guy. Who's terrible, by the way. Y'all say what the fuck y'all want. So, we're going to close it out on that, y'all. We couldn't think of any single thing that white folks contributed to the culture. Besides some shit that they had us market. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they did bring racism, but that's not cool. Yeah, they didn't even make it sexy. I mean, racism can be funny sometimes if it's packaged the right way. But That's very true. Yeah, if, if it's packaged the right way. Preferably in an old white lady. Old white ladies make me laugh. Yeah, I just want to push them down. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get up. (laughs) All right, guys. So, once again, we're going to be back every other week. Every other week. We're going to treat y'all just like paychecks. We come in there just when you need us every other week. So, you guys can follow us on Instagram at the pod with no name. At the pod with no name. We're going to be dropping this episode on Friday. So we're Mm -hmm. recording this today on Mother's Day, guys. We're taking time away from our mothers. So shout out to all of the mothers. And I want to give an even bigger shout out to all of the single fathers. (laughs) All of the single fathers out there right now who is doing it. Who's doing it without the woman. (laughs) Now you guys see how fucking stupid that sounds. Let us have Father's Day. Let us have that shit. I don't want to see a single fucking Mother's Day post on Father's Day. Once again, shout out to all the mothers. Happy Mother's Day to all of the ladies out there. Not single dads. No one gives a fuck about you today. Yeah. Shout out to all of the mothers on Mother's Day. Once again, guys, follow us on Instagram at the pod with no name. My name is Prashar. Oh, no, it's not. It's I don't not want my close. alias out there. It was close. Ooh. My name is DJ, niggas. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> I am Dexter Nicholas. You can follow me at D.Nix on Instagram, D.N-I-C-H-S, and D underscore Nix on Twitter. Um, and then we got our boy Chris over there. Yeah, this is Christian. I don't really care about my alias. Uh, you pull up to my doorstep, you're going to get shot in the face. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram, <laughs> underscore just Chavo. Uh, hit me up on Snapchat too. Y'all be blessed. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. All right. Peace and love. Peace. Later. <laughs>